again, everybody. Time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 86. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Joining me, as is per usual, is Dave Rowe from The Mainland as well. Dave, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we are doing just dandy, um, especially considering that uh, later tonight, as you listeners are listening, we're going to have a, we're going to get to watch a late match, and then we've got two this week. There's just so much to be happy about. Yeah, that's going to be a, a tough Thursday for me. In fact, I think I'm going to take a half of a floating holiday on Thursday to uh, just to sleep in because uh, we'll be up late on uh, on you know as you're listening to this as it drops tonight and uh it'll be late into the evening by the time uh the mainland stuff is all in and done the 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 recap and the player grades man of the match and all that stuff and uh so i get to be up and and writing and editing uh very very late tonight so uh but you know it's it's worth it because it's match day that's right and and it just shows the dedication that our uh, editor brings to the table. <laughs> yes, some people would call it madness. Uh, I will say that um, we'll put the San Jose earthquakes on hold for now, and uh, we'll dive right in, Dave, to uh, to what happened Saturday with Orlando City. They finally get to come home after uh, a grueling uh, two games away. It doesn't sound grueling, but when you consider it was games two and three in an eight games eight day span. Uh, they, they, you know, were pretty worn out, got to come home and train like normal for a week uh, before playing Sporting Kansas City. Very good team from the Western Conference, and uh, it didn't uh, didn't take them very long at all to get on the board uh, in the ninth minute to take a 1-0 lead with uh, what just seemed to be a, a fortunate bounce. There was a, a, a little scramble in front of the goal. Ball popped right to Latif Blessing. And he popped it in the net uh, to make it one nothing. Uh, fun little fact that that play, as it was uh, coming in, and a lot of people said they thought that was offside, and I, I didn't think it was really offside unless you rule that the player came back from an offside position, but he uh, to play the ball. That maybe has some legs, but certainly he was on when uh, when the pass was made. Anyway, at the same time that pass was being made on the right side. Jose Aja was being held by uh, Roger Espinoza in the middle of the pitch, right in front of the referee who did not see it or decided that that was a fair play. And uh, so he was a little bit late getting back into position, and uh, that result resulted in a, a little bit of a scramble. And SKC took the lead 1-0. What did, you know, how did you see the play? Um, well, after going back and looking at the uh, the, the hands-on approach that uh, KC was taking against Jose, um, it, it's it's unfortunate, you know. Blessing, uh, obviously, he was he was uh, a thorn in our sides all night. So I mean, uh, we weren't expecting him. I mean, Coach even said they were not expecting him to start. Um, so his pace and whatnot wasn't what they were thinking of when they were uh, hitting the pitch to start. So. I think that adjustments were needed to be made, and I think they took advantage of that early. Obviously, you know, Blessing was able to get into the right spot to do it. Mm -hmm. And, yes, uh, that was a pretty flagrant uh, foul on on AHA. But then again, uh, given the fact that there were, uh, I think, double-digit fouls called on Orlando in the first half and almost none on KC – uh, in the first half, there were none. Fair. There were absolutely there were none, none called on Sporting in the first half. 
it was, and and like I said, double digits on on Orlando. Um, the the officiating, the pro officiating, seemed to be a little askew. Uh, and um, you heard it through that stadium, that very very loud stadium. Uh, <laughs> you, you may have even heard me yelling at my TV. So uh, it was. I, I think that all contributed to. Um, I, look. That guy missed the call on, uh, you know, on the guy on on Aha being held. Okay, that's fine. They score the goal. You know, we can look ahead uh, where you know we come back later. Well, the good thing is that Orlando City responded very well to the goal by scoring twice, uh, ten minutes apart. Um, Carlos Rivas finding Laren, and all he had to do was get a toe on the ball because the cross was just that good. <laughs> all he had to do is stick out a foot, and it goes in the net. Kyle Laren erases a three-game uh, scoreless streak for himself. And gets back on the score sheet, and then um, just 10 minutes later, as I mentioned, uh, Rivas buzzed a, another one uh, across that nobody could get onto, and uh, it resulted uh, uh, in getting onto Scott Sutter's foot on the opposite uh, flank. Sutter puts in a ball, and it as he's getting ready to send the ball in, I swear to God this is true. I said to Austin David, uh, "We don't have anybody in the box except Rick." <laughs> and, uh, you know, meaning uh, Ricardo Kaká. And lo and behold, Sutter puts that thing right on his chest. He takes it down with not one, but two touches with his chest. It falls to his foot, takes about a half a, half a dribble forward, and just plants it in just inside the, the far post. And uh, just an unbelievable play by the captain. He curved it around two defenders and the goalie into the only spot that it could have gone into that goal. Um, it was an amazing goal. And uh, you have listeners, you have until uh, the end of tonight to go vote for MLS goal of the week. And we encourage you to go do so because it was incredible. And if you haven't seen it, go find the, uh, <laughs> the GIF of it because it was, it truly was an excellent goal by the captain. And once again, you know, uh, we've seen time and time again, you know, Sutter uh, uh, putting it in, you know, our, our defensive backs, you know, along the sides there are, are delivering balls in for goals. I mean, it, it's, it's become almost a theme and it's, uh, I, I like seeing it anytime, anytime they're going to do it. But uh it's it's nice that we have you know we've said it before that whole team attack whole team defense mm-hmm. so um, you know most importantly um, Kaká has been on fire since he came back from injury mm-hmm. I and mean, he's playing like a man possessed and uh, that bodes well for uh, Orlando I, I think it was really funny that there was somebody and I know, I know I mentioned it in one of my Lion Links articles that uh, said that he was holding Orlando City back <laughs> old yeah, and I, yeah. I included it in the links because it was so ridiculous um that it i, I just had to share it um the idea that you know the 2007 uh blown the you know world player of the year uh who still has undeniable grace with the ball uh is holding back uh an mls squad is perfectly laughable yeah because the team won a bunch of games without him so they he just concluded that that they were they, they were didn't better him, yeah, yeah they were better without him um yeah three goals in four games for the captain since his return uh, yeah i just said uh we have nobody in the box but rick and then after he scored i said well i guess that's enough when, <laughs> if that's who you got i guess that's a pretty good one to have in there and yeah, uh, I mean, if, yeah <laughs> if you're going there that's he's not bad you know of course uh laren's goal i mean you said that he just had to stick a foot out mm-hmm. but 
how many times uh, has that been the case with Kyle? Um, where he just has to get a head on it, get a foot on it, whatever. Oh, yeah, the uh, service has been fantastic. And, and we, we had a, a story run today about Carlos Rivas. He's already got five assists this year. The team record is 10. Kaká had right. 10 last year. That is the record for the franchise since joining MLS. And uh, Carlos Rivas is on a pace right now for 17, which would nearly <laughs> double a pretty good player in Kaká uh, right. and his output. So... Um, yeah, the, the, the service from Car- Carlos Rivas, you can't argue with. You get three assists on the other side for Scott Sutter. Uh, Toya has one. He doesn't get up into the play quite as much, uh, and he doesn't need to when you've got Carlos Rivas up there. So, And then uh, Johnson, Johnson's got at least one. So uh, uh, it's There's been great service. I mean, you can't, yeah. can't really argue it. And now, you know, we were lamenting, well, it's, it's, what happens if Kyle doesn't score? We've got nobody else that can score well. Kaká says, remember me? I, I was once the best player in the entire world. I think and I know I how to, to put the ball. I to be the most highly paid player in all of yeah. MLS for a reason. Yeah. I think I, can, I think that guy can put the ball in the net sometimes. So it, it's good to see him in good form because, you know, every every time he gets hurt, takes a little bit of a knock, everybody starts going, oh, he's all washed up, he's old, he's all done. And, you know, he just comes back and laughs at you and says, uh, you know, I just go out and play. I mean, you can't, can't control getting hurt. You can get hurt. In training, you can get hurt. You know, uh, obviously, we saw a pitcher in the World Series get get hurt cleaning his drone. <laughs> you know, so I mean, <laughs> you can get hurt any number of ways. Getting hurt is is a part of life, and um, you know, you could say, well, you, you know, older players do have a tendency to get hurt more than others, but when he's on and he's healthy, he's still as good as any midfielder in MLS. So, um, you know, it's it's nice to see. So the uh, the captain gave the team the lead going into the break, and in the second half, it really just seemed like a matter of time before they put the game away. Uh, Sporting had a lot of, you know, a lot of possession. They, they weren't generating a ton of really good chances, though. And then all of a sudden, they just came down with a play, and boom, boom, boom! It's in the net in the 74th, and it's it's all tied up at two. And it was uh, it was a little bit of unfortunate. Again, this one. Um, the cross came in and, and uh, it deflected to Benny Failhaber, who got a shot. Ben, uh, Bendick went down and made the save, and the rebound goes right through Aha's legs and lands right on Latif Blessing's foot. Uh, yeah. Now, on this one, I think Jose probably should have done a little bit better job tracking uh, Blessing in the box rather than uh, trying to clear it, but um, you know, it's easy for me to say, and the ball was pinging around in there. It's like a pinball, so it's kind of hard to, to react that quickly, but. Um, in the end, it was 2-2, and then Jose thought two minutes later that he'd made up for that mistake. He puts his uh, first MLS goal in the net two minutes later on a corner kick, and much to everyone's chagrin, the flag was up. And Let's was let's no be goal. fair. We all thought that that goal was Oh, in. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was in for sure. It, 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 But, you know, from the west side of the stadium where the press box is, we are at the entire – we're in the same on the same side of the field, but the opposite corner from where the AR is. So it was really hard to see that he was down there with his flag up from where I was sitting. But um, I saw them jumping up and down. The stadium erupts, and then I saw the players' body language, and I saw the the referee pointing uh, for a goal kick rather than pointing out to the center circle. And I say, oh man, what happened? And and we thought, you know, again, I didn't see the the flag. Um, yeah, we're thinking offside. I, right. so I, I wasn't thinking offside because you can't be offside on a corner kick. The ball is okay, starting right. on the end. So um, I thought that they called this dainty little push by Laren. 
is oh, okay. what I thought they called it first. And then, uh, you know, after some more thought and some replays and it was like, okay, the, the word came in that, yes, it was, it was over the line. Now we have, uh, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, Twitter account and yes. they do this thing where they, they, they measure the lines and they, they've, and fixed points and they try to figure out where the trajectory of the ball is to determine whether, players are off sides and, and whether balls are in the net and that kind of or crossing the line and that kind of thing. And geometry. That's right. And they, they use math and science and they determined that, yes, it was a good call that the ball was out by about seven inches. Now um, yep. it seems like a very minor thing, but it is the rule. And the, in my opinion, the rule sucks. I think if you can curl the ball out and then back in on a corner kick, you should be able to do that. As long as it doesn't hit the bar, then yeah. As long as it doesn't yeah. hit any part of the of the the goal that's behind the line, I think it should be fair game. But I mean, it's just like you know shooting a basket from behind the backboard, right? You know, as long as it doesn't touch the back of the backboard, you're all good. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. I did feel better after because I saw that same uh, that same tweet. I did feel better after that because I'm a big uh, uh, math and science guy. Not that I'm good at it, but I'm a big believer in it. And so when I saw that, I went, okay, because you know I was like everybody else. I was sitting there going, really, 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 come on, we just we went ahead. It's, it's we're going to keep the win streak, and uh, you know. So it, I think it was the next day before I saw it. So I was still probably a little bit peeved. Uh, but when I saw it, I was like. Ah, uh, okay, fine. You know, I felt and, really bad it, for Aha because he he was so right. excited and he, you know, it's his, his first MLS goal. It's probably going to be a game winner, and no, it's not a goal. So, um, uh, anyway, besides, uh, I wanted to make sure I got this in. the The Twitter account is Soccer Photogrammetry. Photogrammetry. Soccer Photogrammetry. It's at Offside Modeling. Is the is the Twitter. Um, you want is you just good the at symbol and then offside modeling, all one word. I definitely check it out because, yeah. I, like I say, that 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 helped me through the pain of that one. And you know, most importantly for me was after that, um, or even up and after they scored uh, the the tying goal, mm-hmm. um, we never stopped pressing. They never gave up. You know, it was. Uh, they didn't back down. They were going for three points. Yeah, Jason Christ that, wanted to win. He should, right. certainly wanted to win. The players wanted to win. He put he put Giles Barnes on. He unfortunately, um, Carlos Rivas took a few knocks during the game and had to come off. He um, he really got leveled a few times, yeah. and uh, unfortunately wasn't able to uh, to continue. And uh, they brought uh, brought Giles Barnes on, and really, once Rivas left the game, it really took its toll on the on the dynamic nature of the attack it, it really wasn't the same attack anymore they put uh uh they they also took off um uh chris nigita because he was on a yellow because he's always on a yellow um <laughs> by the way that was fourth yellow so if he gets a yellow tonight uh yeah then he's out of game yeah um yeah it, w- it would be interesting to see if, if he gets the start at San Jose, but yeah, it was it was an attempt to go after the win, and there was a play where they got the ball in, and and um, Laren got there just ahead of David Bingham, um, but or I'm not David Bingham, I'm sorry, Tim Melia. I'm getting ahead of myself on the goalkeeper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he got there just ahead of Melia, but he was too close to Melia to do anything with it, and 
Amelia made the save, and then there was a big collision, and Kyle was, you know, a little gimpy after that. That All of that just preceded their goal. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. So I don't even know if he had made it all the way back onto the field yet before the goal was scored. It may have been a, at least for the, the build-up to that goal, or, or just before it, you know, the, the Lions were playing with 10 men just before that. So um, right. maybe we're a little discombobulated from that injury. So it's, it, it's interesting how quickly a game can turn, because right there, if he scores... You know, it's 3-1, and the game's kind of done and dusted. And he doesn't score, and he gets banged up. And then, you know, maybe the team's a little discombobulated for a couple of minutes and give up the goal. So instead, it's it's tied. But anyway, at the end of the day, uh, Bendick made a couple of decent saves at the end and made sure that the, that the visitors weren't going to get the three points. And uh, it's a hard-fought 2-2 uh, draw against Sporting Kansas City. Pretty good team and a very good defense to be scoring two goals against. So... Um, you know, when you got a, a pair of center backs like Ike Opara and, uh, and Matt Beasler, uh, that's yes. one of the best tandems in the entire league. So uh, a, a good job uh, by Orlando to get uh, opportunities to score and to get a couple on the board and to get a point and to at least snap that little mini two-game losing streak. And uh, they'll try to go out against San Jose and New York City FC and try to get back in their winning ways. So, uh, Dave, I want to know from you, who was your David Rowe man of the match? Uh, the David Roman of the match is uh, the captain, Kaká. He, um, uh, that goal, it was just outstanding. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. Um, it's, you know, we've said it again and again. This is one of those, um, you know, the, the entire team plays well. But, um, you know, he, for me, that goal epitomized the how he's been since he's he's come back. Um, he's quite possibly the only person on that field that night that could have made that shot, um, at least, and made it look that easy. Um, so, uh, for me, it, it was, it was Kaka. Um, I, I do want to say that I, I, in addition to that, I really appreciate that as a team, nobody gave up after that second goal. So I, I have a lot of respect for that, and it's a the, the whole different mentality. But Kaká gets my man of the match. Yeah, and mine as well. I did the grades for this one, and uh, yeah, I, I, I had Kaká as my man of the match as well. And it was uh, there were a couple of players I thought played pretty well. I thought Will Johnson quietly had a very very solid game. Um, if I was called out for saying that, I said Will Johnson did nothing during the game. I was like, well, if you didn't see him screwing up, then he had a really good game actually. Because that's kind of the right. way Will Johnson plays. So uh, I, I thought Will Johnson had a good game. I thought Spectre played well. I thought Bendick played very well. Um, he made some pretty big saves in that game. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Carlos. Carlos Carlos played well. Yes, another another good outing for him. Um, Sutter had a pretty good game as well. Uh, yeah, I just think it was a good good match for a lot of guys. But I, I went with Kaká, not only for the goal. The goal was amazing. Um, the ability to do that, he had a he had a free kick that was just off as well, and oh um, yeah, but he had a move in the 79th minute that was unbelievable, forced uh, Ily Sanchez to grab him and take a yellow card. I mean, he was all over the pitch. He even he even was uh, hustling back on defense. He took a free kick uh, in the 89th minute with everybody mm-hmm. forward, and you know the ball was knocked out. No, he he got back to take out a counterattack all by himself. Uh, so a, a really nice game for the captain. He played very well. Uh, I gave him my man of the match as well. So there you go. We're in agreement. It sometimes happens. That's, that's <laughs> always a little, I'm always a little scared when that happens, but that's okay. Yeah. So anyway, the 
the Lions will go, oh, they're already out there in San Jose to uh, to take on the Earthquakes at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which I think is total BS. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is. You play the schedule the way it's set up for you. And uh, I'm sure that wasn't uh, uh, in, intentional or anything for a California team to, to want the, the late start time. Um, yeah, I'm sure it has nothing <laughs> to do with home field advantage at all. <laughs> So uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's a winner because these teams have drawn both times they played. And I think we still kind of owe San Jose for that 94th minute goal last year to ruin what was the first game after the Pulse nightclub shooting uh, in the fourth minute of three minutes of stoppage time they scored. So, um, yeah, I'm still a little bit bitter about that. <laughs> I thought the game. We, all, we are all. Uh, yeah, I, I, there was a game. There was a ball at the top of the box that Breck Shea cleared out to about three quarters of the way toward the halfway line. And I thought that was the perfect time for the ref to blow the whistle because it had been four minutes and he didn't. And then the circle like, ball gets circled back, circulated back in and then it's in the net. And it's like, oh, and then you saw the entire team collapse. Uh, and that yeah. was, by the way, I think that was the second to last game in the Adrian Heath era at Orlando City. So um, not not good. Not not great, Bob. Um, no. So uh, we owe them. But uh, we'll yes, talk we a little bit more about the earthquakes a little bit later in the show. Uh, we had some uh, we so we had that draw, but we had a couple of wins to celebrate this weekend, Dave. Uh, yeah. Starting with the let's start with the pride on Sunday. Uh, they. Poor Pride, man. They're 0-2 and 2 coming into the weekend. They had played uh, three of the four games away from home. They had played last year's both last year's finalists, the Shield winners from last year, and on the road against a team with one of the best defenders in the world in Becky Sauerbrunn. Very hard team to score against. And so all they had to show for all of that was two points on two draws. And, uh, in fact, the, the one at, at Kansas City was a heartbreaker because it came with just, like, five minutes left to go in the game, uh, the, the, the tying goal. And they come home and they, they, they get to play the first place undefeated North Carolina Courage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's almost like you couldn't make this up. It's just like the schedule maker is saying, how can I make this even harder now? Um, <laughs> right. It's like, okay, that's really hard. <laughs> what else can we do? Oh, North Carolina. Yeah. So, and North Carolina had already beaten the team 3-1, but the plus side is that one that the Pride had scored against North Carolina was the only goal that North Carolina had allowed in their first four games. So it was like, okay, so you knew the Pride could score against them. Well, it had a scoreless first half, and then uh, in the second half, they kind of came out just absolutely on fire. Um, Chioma Abogagu, I'm going to always try not to butcher her name, uh, she scores her first goal as a member of the Pride uh, to get things started. Uh, Camilla adds a goal, her second, and both of those against North Carolina. And uh, then um, just um, the very next – and those were one minute apart. And then a minute right. after that, North Carolina fires back and, and pulls back within one with a Dabinia goal. And uh, so it was just kind of back and forth for a bit. And then uh, North Carolina had a player sent off with a second yellow card, Abby Urseg. And um, that kind of took the pressure off a little bit, and Orlando was able to get more possession and threaten for that, you know, insurance goal. And they finally got it through Jasmine Spencer, set up by a beautiful feed by Marta. Yes, and uh, she, as you and I know her, Ubag, see, I can't read it. Abogagu. Abogagu. Yeah, fun to say. Abogagu. All right, so she. 
uh, opened her account with the pride and uh, it was, it was a really nice uh, uh, cross from um, uh, Krieger and it, it seemed to like when you watch it on the, on the replay, you're like, how, how, how did, how did it even get through? Cause, cause <laughs> she is on the other side of the, of the, the, the goal yeah. and it just goes past a, a several uh, of, um, you know, Carolina's uh, players. Mm-hmm. And then she's right there and she just slots it home perfectly um, for that first goal to, to put the pride up and you can see the joy on her face. Um, and most importantly, uh, it, it got the ball rolling. Yeah, it did. And, and, you know, it was nice to see Allie Krieger get forward and, and putting balls into the box. That's why they went out and got her in the off season. Uh, something they were not getting last year. Uh, from the right flank, they were getting some from Steph Catley, but they weren't really getting anything from the right side like that. So, uh, you know, Krieger was able to get four, showing a little bit more speed than a, a woman her age uh, would. You would guess she would have because she's, you know, she's not a spring chicken anymore. She's been doing this a while, and uh, she got forward and, and put that ball into a nice spot, and just none of the defenders could get to it. I mean, either their momentum carried them past it, or uh, they just weren't lined up and, and couldn't quite get there. So. Uh, it was or Krieger's a, a experienced pro who evidently still has speed and was able to, I don't know, put it through like a like a, a, a knuckleball so that nobody <laughs> could nobody could touch it. It was no, crafty. Like, it was very crafty on her. It was part. crafty. So, so it was it was nice to see the pride get the win and and you know in the end comfortably with a two goal lead uh, against a four and team. So really a big confidence builder, Dave, because they know. They can beat the league's best team, the defending champions, uh, who had only given up one goal in four games. They went out and put a three spot up, and, and they really looked good doing it. And, and so it's got to be something they can build on. Well, I, I agree. And, and you know, we uh, we look back at the, the the games that they, you know, they lost and they, they drew. It wasn't that they were I – mean, they were never getting their butts beat. I mean, except for that one time, 3-1 against Carolina. But mm-hmm. – well, there you was know, some extenuating uh, well, circumstances yeah. in that game. There was a penalty right. and, and that, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. yeah, but yeah, you're but right. That, you're well, right. They, they, they're they, getting their chances. Yeah, yeah, they weren't getting blown out. You're right. They were in all, every game, had tons of chances to score uh, in some of their games. I mean, they they really outshot Portland in that first game. Right. And they and just so, made you some know, mistakes. So. They were getting chances. You know, the ball wasn't going in the back of the net. Yeah. Call it bad luck. Call it, you know, getting to know each other. Call it whatever you like. Hopefully this uh, win at home over the best team uh, in the w- NWSL allows them to, you know, that's the, that's the spark that gets them going forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially because I mean they got they got to travel for the next game too. Once again, another good team. Well, the schedule maker <laughs> laughed and said, "Ha ha! So you got your win after all. Here's two more road games for you." Uh, your next two games are on the road, and the first of those is going to be on the other side of the country against the highest scoring team in the league. Seattle Rain. <laughs> yes. Seattle Rain so, has scored, uh, I think they've scored 13 goals or something like that already this season. So they're, they're a high-scoring team, but they do give up a lot of goals. So this this could be a pretty high-scoring game if the uh, if the trip doesn't take the, the Pride's legs out from under them. Uh, it could be a really uh, entertaining and, and high-scoring affair. Well, and what I'm hoping is that... Um... Yes, uh, they score a lot, but they also give up a lot. And you know, we, Ashlyn Harris, we've got one of the better goalies in in the, in the league. So um, if uh, she can do what she does, and if 
uh, Chi and Marta and everybody else and, and Danica can can get their f- uh, foot on the ball and put it in the back of the net. You know, it might be, like you said, it might be a crazy 4-3, you know, kind of game. But my hope is, is that they go out there, they they take the momentum from this one at home, go out, stun Seattle, and uh, and get another win there. Yeah, it'll be ni- it would be nice to get a win over uh, Laura Harvey's team. That team is, uh, I think they won... I want to say six to two last weekend. Um, and uh, they, they, of course, you'll remember they put up a five spot last time we went to Seattle. Um, yeah. And that was, that was no fun at all. So I really kind of would like to see the pride go out there and play a very sound defensive game and just not give up much and maybe get one on the counter and, and take three points out of, out of Seattle or at least one, because one would still be a, a good, the funny thing is, you, you know, you look at their slow start, you look up and they're three points out of second place still after this weekend. So um, there's there's well, a lot of parity. Anything can happen. It's a long season. If they can hit their stride and then get, they just load up on those home games in the second half of the season, and if they do well at the fortress like uh, Orlando City has, uh, you know they have every chance in the world to climb back in this thing. My my biggest hope for uh, the game in Seattle is that I'll get to see it. Yeah right. Yeah, uh, I wasn't gonna go too much into that, but the Go90 app absolutely dropped the ball and sucked ass this past weekend. Um, most of the first half was unwatchable for anybody that wasn't in the stadium. NWSL, to their credit, finally went, you know what, this isn't working. Let's ungeo block our website and let people watch it there. And they did that. Now, I wish they had, had done that a little quicker and gotten right. the word out a little faster too. But, um, you know, at least they did try to respond. Uh, I, I know that their, their first reaction is always going to be, let's see if we can get this thing fixed. And maybe their first reaction right now should be let everything stream through their website and then lock it if everything's going good with the stream and say, okay, everything's going good. Now you're going to, we're going to switch you over to go 90. So everybody. Yeah. Just, yeah. And just, yeah. Put a little note up saying, Hey, go 90 is working. Go on over there. You know, (laughs) I I downloaded the thing. I'm happy to go watch it on there as long as I can. Yeah. As long as you can. And it was, it was a frustrating first half, but at least we didn't miss any goals because it was nil nil. That's true. Uh, so do better, Go90. That's, I think, our, our message to you tonight. That's pretty much it. Uh, all right. So the Pride won and Orlando City drew. And Orlando City B had to go up and play Cincinnati in front of a big crowd. FC Cincinnati, of course, has been has been drawing spectacular USL crowds up there since they've joined the USL. And um, you know, they're not off to a great start this season, but they had, uh, had, had a little success recently. And they were playing at home. And Orlando City had never beaten Cincinnati. And they went up there and played a very rough, rough game. I mean, uh, yellow cards out the wazoo, fouls all over the place. Everything was a foul, Dave. And, um, you know, it was it was nil-nil for a long time. And uh, finally, uh, Pierre De Silva made a nice play, got into the box, got taken down. He gets a penalty. He made no mistake on it, scored, put the, put the young Lions ahead. And then from there, it was uh, just a matter of protecting the lead and waiting for a chance to strike on the counter. They had a, an, a golden opportunity that they somehow didn't score on. And then a few minutes later, Richie Larea scored on another uh, a similar uh, kind of a, a jailbreak with about a three-on-two uh, break. He had a bunch of teammates with him. And instead of sliding it over and risking somebody muffing the pass, he just put it in off the near post to make it 2-0. And that was Richie's third goal in three games. And uh, he is earning some, maybe some minutes coming up uh, with the first team this year. I was just about to say, Larea has been playing spectacular down at OCB. He is, um, 
kind of cream of the crop. Um, you, you mentioned the attendance there, uh, 19,310 mm-hmm. something. I mean, it, that was a big crowd for a, uh, USL game. Um, yeah, it would have put, it would have been, I think, um, uh, it would have been bigger than several of the MLS games this past weekend. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge atmosphere to go into on the road, uh, and to come away with a, a, a two nil win. I mean, that's, that's just spectacular. Pierre de Silva, uh, Pierre de Silva, he was, um, he was magic on the ball. I mean, is weaving in and out of guys. I mean, some of his, his touches were, were so soft and, and he was making some guys look a little bit silly, um, which, it's not the first time this season he's done that. I mean, we we've seen those flashes from him before. So, uh, for him to, you know, be able to do that, I'm not at all surprised. I'm really glad to see it, but, uh, but Richie has, um, like you said, three and three and, um, he's, he's making a, uh, he's making a statement that, uh, he, he wants to come up and play with the big boys. And before the end of the game, a nice big uh, save from Earl Edwards jr. Who has, uh, kept three straight clean sheets for the Young Lions. They have absolutely not allowed a goal in three games. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit earlier in the year about how some people were being impatient and saying Anthony Pulis should be fired. And uh, <laughs> no, no, Anthony Pulis is just fine. The team's up to 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, uh, you know, they've, they've had a pretty rough go of it in terms of the scheduling in the early part of the season. But they seem like they're getting... You know, they're gelling a bit as a team, despite the fact that they have different people in the lineup. This weekend, Seb Hines and Rafael Ramos joined them, uh, and they played 75 minutes apiece and did well. In fact, Seb Hines made the, the USL Team of the Week. Um, so, you know, take that, Seb haters. Hey, uh, is that because he's healthy now? It might be because he's got two good knees that work. <laughs> it might just be that. Um, and, of course, you know, certainly uh, the competition isn't isn't the same level, but, um, you know, there's... They, there's some good players and in the he is, USL. And he is an experienced center back, yeah. you know, MLS experience and, and otherwise. But uh, yeah. still, he's healthy and it shows. Yeah. So it's good to see that he could make an, uh, make the USL Team of the Week and in only his second appearance of the year. So, uh, not, you know, kudos to Seb, who's a good guy. I don't care if, if you don't like him as a player, that's fine. He's a good person. And that's probably a little bit more important, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Anthony Pulis. I was looking at this earlier. We've had Anthony Pulis on the show three times yep, and twice since, uh, February, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, we had Ant back on and they go out and they win. So, so basically <laughs> the first I mean, game back. So it's the, it's the, it's the podcast boost. It's the podcast boost. Podcast yeah. bump again. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we just, we, we help out where we can. I mean, you know, yeah. we're, so, wherever we can help. So, in advance, congrats to Chi for her hat trick in Seattle. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, so, yeah, so the OCB's reward for winning that game on the road is two more weeks off in this bizarre schedule section of the schedule. One game in a month for OCB. Very, very bizarre. And, of course, they're going to get busy, uh, you know, in the middle in middle and later months of the season uh, to make up for these weeks without a game. So, it's a little bit unfortunate because – a lot of the teams in USL are playing uh, U.S. Open Cup games midweek, so it would be nice to catch one of those uh, in a double game week. But, right. uh, the, but the Young Lions are off this week. So let's look at it this this way. Um, so MLS squad, ridiculous schedule, you know, several games in eight days and then several games in nine days. Uh, Pride, 
scheduling what we just talked about with ridiculous, you know, matchups and then OCB one game in a month. Yeah. We can't, we can't, but, we can't win. No, but they were getting anywhere. killed. They were getting killed early in the season with a lot of games. Cause they, they had, I mean, everybody had two or three games in hand on them early in the season. Okay. Well then uh, that too. I mean, the, the... so they make, they're make, kind of making up for that now, but so it all, it will all of course, even out in the end, but uh, it, it would be nice to see a more normal, uh, well-structured schedule. Um, the interesting thing is that MLS is all kind of cramming things in because you got the Gold Cup this summer and stuff like that. So, um, and then the NWSL is going to have an international break uh, for the uh, the Euros, I believe. And uh, at that time, the, the U.S. is going to be taking place in a in a tournament with Brazil, Australia, and Japan. Yes. So. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. There'll be plenty of soccer this summer. It's going to be a lot of fun, and and we're all jazzed up about that. Of course, the um, the Gold Cup is going to be over here in Tampa uh, in July, so that's going to be cool. Martinique against the U.S. men's national team, and uh, of course, when the World Cup qualifying hex comes to Orlando, that'll be in October. So hopefully, that'll still be in the run of uh, of games. Uh, that will still be certainly in a within the Orlando City uh, schedule for this year, and uh, hopefully we'll already have clinched a playoff spot by then. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, so big weekend for everybody. Uh, you know, six, seven points out of nine for the three teams uh, combined, and, and really just an AR's flag away from the three victories. So uh, it's that's, you know, can't do much better than that, Dave. That's a pretty good weekend. I, I said at the beginning of the podcast I was very happy. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about that Pride victory and the Pride season in general with our special guest, and uh, we'll get to her right after this. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast this week from the Orlando Pride, we've got Chioma Abogagoo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, big win over the weekend. Orlando City, Orlando Pride. I'm sorry, gets uh, gets their first win of the season, and uh, obviously that was started out by uh, your goal in the second uh, half. A little bit of a three goal explosion there. It's got to feel really good, Chi, to get that first win at home and to um, to get that that you know to open your account with the Pride. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the team team I feel like since preseason we've we've looked strong. So it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, first few games of the season, we weren't getting the results that, that we wanted to get. Um, so to get that result at home on mother's day, um, and to have, you know, three different people score, I think that's, that's awesome. And we're really, really excited to get back to training this week. And, you know, hopefully this starts a little run for us. Excellent. Well, speaking of that, uh, that goal that got everything going, um, well, you know, for those of us uh, not on the field, it, it looked like that the uh, the cross was coming in slow motion across the 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 goal. Um, what was it that you saw? I mean, obviously you you put it home nicely, but uh, uh, how did that develop from your point of view? Yeah, so I think Camilla kind of was the you know the engineer, you know, the ten, the number ten behind the whole play, um, and she played a great ball in the space for Krieger. And then Krieger, you know, showing some speed. I feel like people don't know that she she got a little motor to her, so that was awesome for her to get down the line. Um, and she just 
I mean, in training and every day, she's just an amazing player, and she just brings the intensity. And she, um, I think one of her best assets is her delivery. Um, she's, you know, pretty consistent on just serving great balls to give um, forwards and midfielders in the box a chance to, to finish it. So, in my point of view, um, in my opinion, I think the ball was great, and that's why it was really hard for their back line to deal with. Um, I think two of their players kind of misread it because she kind of put a lot of pace on it. And, um, you know, Tom really talked about how when we were watching film and kind of grilled, grilled that we were getting opportunities. Um, we were having people, Marta especially, Creek, um, Steph Cowley, they were, they were serving great balls in the box and we needed to do a better job of, of getting on and getting on the end of them to finish them. So I just wanted to make sure I got in. Um, the ball fell towards me. I saw the keeper open up her legs a little bit, so I just wanted to place it. Now, uh, early in the season, you were getting a lot of shots, and just nothing seemed to be going <laughs> in for you. Uh, how did you stay positive, and, and how did Tom Sermani help you, or did he help you at all with, with staying positive uh, on the field? Yeah, I think um, I think Tom, Tom's a great coach, and He's super honest, and he's great at getting feedback of things to work on or things he thinks you're doing a good job at. And kind of like you said, I was getting I was getting shots off. I was getting opportunities. Um, but, you know, at this level and, and, and the next phase of my game, he was kind of, you know, challenged me to, to put him away and, and to be more consistent and to be, you know, maybe a little bit more focused in that, in that final uh, product of, you know, finishing my chances. So... That's kind of what I've been trying to focus on at training. And, you know, when you have great players um, like we do on the Pride, they're giving you the opportunity to keep training and to keep um, practicing to, to get the to get the ball in the net. Well, you, you talked about, uh, you know, obviously, you know, your goal to, well, basically score more goals. Um, uh, how is uh, or who on the team is – is standing out and, and either helping you with that during training or, you know, during a match, who is it that's, that's, you know, feeding, not just, not, not just the ball in, but also, um, your development or, you know, spirit, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think everyone, our teams, in my, in my opinion, I think we're crazy talented and, and to add to that, everyone has a great work ethic. So it's a lethal combination, and every day everyone brings it. So it's awesome going out there to train. Um, but for me, I think um, I know in my part of the game, I I, need, I personally think I need to get better at um, completing my chances and finishing my chances. So I like watching uh, Marta just because um, to be as consistent as she has for so many years, it's been amazing just to learn from her and watch her habits, watch her instincts, and um, and I'm hoping I can grow just being a, being her teammate. And then I also think uh, Danica Evans is <clears throat> a very quality finisher, just a pure striker. Um, and she showed that in Colorado, obviously. And then, you know, she scores our our first goal at home, um, which is great composure. So those two, I think, I can really learn from in, in that aspect. You know, last year uh, being at Houston, I think every pro athlete, everybody that's competitive in any way, really wants to be successful in whatever situation they're in. And it was maybe a little bit of a, of a tough season for you last year at the dash, but you know, what were your impressions of the pride at that time? And then, and then what was your reaction to, to being traded to Orlando? 
Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a nature sport. I guess I saw, you know, the the business side or whatever you want to call it. Because um, obviously as a player, you want to, you know, I love this game and I'm blessed to, to be able to play at a professional level. Um, and I wasn't getting as much time as, as I would have hoped for, but um, you know, Randy Walter and I have known each other for a while and it was it was nice for you know, I went in after the season hoping to, you know, find a team and opportunity to to get more time and he he, you know, agreed with it, which was awesome for him and the GM and organization, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but since, you know, last year Orlando and Houston were paired I think we played them four times, two at home and two in away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they beat us three out of the four times. And, um, you know, I don't think they had <clears throat> maybe the – it was their first year, so I don't think they necessarily had the draft or, you know, the allocated players maybe that they wanted to, to get in the future. But, you know, getting three wins um, out of four against, you know, Houston side, in my opinion, was very talented. I thought that – just gives. I think that just shows a lot to Tom and and the staff of you know attacking their game plan and and getting good results. So I was really excited when you know Randy agreed with my trade and Tom um, was happy to you know fulfill the trade and to join the side and and see what we can you know what we can continue to do. Now, um, obviously, you had your time in Houston, uh, Arsenal. Uh, 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 U.S. national team, uh, U18, 20, and 23. I mean, you've you've played in a lot of uh, venues. Uh, I'm curious about uh, what you think of the uh, the new stadium, uh, especially maybe the atmosphere, especially in that last game when you guys, you know, had that big win. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I mean, that stadium is unbelievable. I remember when we trained there for the first time, and <clears throat> I just couldn't get over how how nice it was. Everything smelled new still. Um, the grass smelled amazing. Um, it's just it's just really special to to have an organization, you know, put time and, you know, funds into building the stadium like that because it just shows that they believe in the city and they believe in the support and they believe, you know, in the in the men and women's side. So playing in there on Mother's Day again, you know, after after each goal, I mean, it was it was loud and it was erupting and just building off that that environment and atmosphere is going to be so fun the rest of the season. Now, Chi, the the schedule makers didn't do you guys a world of favors uh, the early part of the season. You start out the year with the Shield winners and the two teams that played in the final, two of those games on the road. Then <laughs> yeah. then a, a rough trip to. Uh, to Kansas City against you know one of the better defensive clubs in the league, and then home against the yeah. the first place team, and then now going to Seattle and Sky Blue. Can you articulate how tough the start of this season has been for you guys physically? Yeah, I mean, I think I think all the teams in our league are you know it's there's not much disparity, which is awesome. Any team can kind of beat um, another team on any given day if you're not prepared. So. I think we had a great preseason. I think our staff did a great job of getting us four games, three or four games, um, and to get us prepared for you know for that kind of start. So obviously we would have loved to get more points at the beginning, but what we the positive out of those matches that we had chances, um, we were creating opportunities. It wasn't 
it wasn't one side of the feats or one side of draws. Um, we had our chances, we had our opportunities, and we didn't, uh, we didn't, you know, capitalize on that. And I think that was the difference from those first few games, and then you know, the Sunday's games when we were putting away our chances. So, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a good thing that we had those intense games right off the back and learned those lessons, and now we can just keep building. Well, speaking of going, you're going out to, like Michael said, going heading out to Seattle. Um, what's the what's the game plan? What are you guys going to be taking from this win uh, on Sunday and implementing? Where do you think the opportunities are when you head out there? Yeah, so Seattle's a great team, and Laura Harvey's a great coach. She coached at Arsenal um, for a few years, and some of my teammates at Arsenal still talk about, about her and how great she was. So I'm really excited because... I think a lot of their players are just very good football players. They understand the game. Um, they're tactically sound. They're technically sound. So I feel like that's kind of how um, you know our team is built and how we would like to play. So in my opinion, it might be kind of like a chess match, and you know, just hopefully just good football, which will be which would really be fun to you know to play and to compete against. So um, I think this week in training, we'll we'll look at how we want to deal with their their key players and, and how we want to, you know, attack our game plan. Chief, before we let you get out of here, uh, just two more questions I have for you. The first of which is, uh, I was just curious as to, you know, when Marta arrived, how did she change the culture or did she just embrace the culture was here? You know, what was, what was the situation like when she came into the team? Uh, Cause you guys already had, you know, a game under your belts and, and had been right. uh, training and had preseason and all that. You know, what was the culture like post-Marta's arrival, I guess? Yeah, I mean, Marta, Marta's a personality. She's awesome. Um, her English is real, so there's not much language language barrier or anything like that. And she's just a very bubbly, warm, loving, passionate person. Um, and I remember when she came out to training, we kind of had – she had a press conference, I think, before, so she's a little late, and we, we warmed up already, and we were, Tom was addressing the whole team, and she kind of, she approached us, and I think, you know, any situation like that, maybe a new player might be nervous or a little timid, but she, you know, she said hi, and she went around and hugged each and every person, um, and then went to go warm up and then join the team, and I just thought that was really special and really cool um, to do that right off the back, and it just kind of speaks volumes to her character. She's just so nice and so so warm and she's always got a smile on her face dancing or or uh you know kind of kind of giving me our time jerking with me but it's it's cool because she still she has a great balance because she still brings that intensity and focus and training so um i'm sure that comes with the experience and all the teams she's been on but she's just got such a good head of how to manage everything so i'm really excited to keep you know watching her and you know learning her off her well, I'm glad you said that her English is really good because now I'm gonna I'm gonna bug Jackie Maynard to get her on the podcast with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, last question I have for you: the non-allocated players in the NWSL just uh, it was just announced that you guys have a a players union now, and, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on on what a big step this is for the players, and and you know what your thoughts are on how this will affect you guys as professionals moving forward. Yeah. So. Uh, Yaya, who plays for Tanz, is one of my good friends. I trained with her a lot this offseason. She's been working on this endlessly, so um, very happy for her for you know 
putting this together and that's so selfless and just speaks volumes of the kind of person she is, um, all the work and time she put into it. But it's awesome. I think it's a great step for for our league and the players in our league. Um, it's not a union yet. Um, the hope is to get there. There's no timetable on on one yet, but the association mm-hmm. is just it's just, you know, something to unify all the girls in the league and and we're not we're not trying to make demands. Um, that's not our purpose or our notion. We just really wanna have a close association with the league and just be a positive um, you know, voice or influence or uh, suggestions with how we can keep moving forward and progressing um, all the amazing things that this league has done so far. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, Kristen's also part of it for for us, and Jazz I think is the the like third honorable mention uh, player too. So it's really cool. The group text, um, all the players are really fired up about it across the league. So really proud of y'all to put that together and, you know, to see the things in the future that we can accomplish with it. Well, congratulations. I'm sorry I misspoke. Yes, Players Association, not a union yet, but um, uh, I think that it can only uh, help with you guys' uh, you know, efforts to to you know to get um, you know a, a living wage for for instance and and uh, and moving moving forward you know to 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 really solidify uh, the league as it's uh, it's you know survived longer than any other women's league in this country and I, I think that yeah, big exactly, things are, yeah. are ahead for you guys. So Chi yeah, uh, Abogagu, <clears throat> thank you so much for being with us on the Mainland Podcast. It's been a real treat to talk to you and, and best of luck out in Seattle and, and the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, G. All right. Well, once again, thank you to Chi Abogagu for joining the Mainland Podcast and telling us all about her first goal and her uh, the first win for the Pride and all that other stuff. She was uh, a really good interview, Dave. Yes, she was uh, a absolute joy to have on. And, um, you know, the one thing that I didn't get to ask her was uh, evidently her grandfather played for Tottenham Hotspurs, but she is an Arsenal fan. And I'm really curious if they have interfamily arguments about that when watching <laughs> EPL. But that'll we'll have to wait for, for next time for that one. Yeah, well, well, we'll have to have her back on again after her next goal or next next win. I don't know. So we'll, we'll have her back on again at some point. Well, well we can't do it that quick because <laughs> she's she was on the podcast. Yeah, she's she going to get the podcast get a, bump. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have her on again at some point, and and hopefully she had a, as good a time as we did with that interview. Uh, Dave, we got some we got some games coming up. We got two games. It's a double game week for Orlando City. As we mentioned, the the, uh, the OCB is off this week, and uh, they'll, they'll be back on, I think, the 27th is their next game. Uh, the Pride going up to Seattle Rain, and that's going to be a very tough ask uh, to go up there. It's a very difficult place to play, uh, you know, just traversing the, from the southeast U.S. to the northwest U.S. is just a very arduous trip. Uh, it takes a lot, of, a lot of your legs away. So hopefully the Pride will get, get up there, have their legs under them, and, and have enough energy to get out and defend and, and, and keep a clean sheet and, and maybe snag one on the counter and get a win. Uh, but Orlando City also with a big trip this week. San Jose tonight as we uh, drop this podcast on uh, Wednesday the 17th. Um, Dave, I got to get your key matchups and your score prediction for 
a trip to Avaya Stadium, which uh, is probably a good destination for you and me because they have a lot of craft beers there. Yeah, we would we would definitely have a good time out there. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and uh, I encourage uh, you guys to go out and check out the the last minute um, Pride Pub. Now it's a dessert based one because the game is at ten freaking thirty at night. So I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna make you eat dinner. Uh, but uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, okay, so as 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 far as the matchups go. Um, Given that we're we're on the road, we're all the way across the country. Um, despite what some people have been saying recently about the defense, I'm still feeling pretty good about it. Um, I think it's going to be our um, our strikers and, and the upper midfield against uh, their defense. I think we need to get the goals. Um, if we can, if we can get. If we can get two, I think we can walk out of there with a win. And that is my score prediction. I say 2-1 on the road. Get the first win in California. Um, Part of that is I was chastised uh, when uh, I predicted a 2-1 loss um, to (laughs) Toronto, that it was my fault that I jinxed us. So I'm going to go ahead and go the other way, say a 2-1 win on the road in San San Jose. Oh, that would be... That would be pretty sweet. You, you, you want to you want to offer up your goal scorers, or you're not feeling that confident? Um, yes, actually, I, I think I will. All right, so um, Kaká's been on a roll. He's going to get uh, one of the goals, probably the second one. Um, I think Rivas uh, will get the other one. He'll get the first one. It'll be a um, you know he's he's done enough assisting. I think he gets the uh, the other one. So Rivas and Kaká for the goals. All right. Uh, I think for me, and, and it's a pretty good matchup there. They've got a, a good, uh, good pair of center backs there at San Jose. It'll be interesting to see what their squad rotation looks like. They had played uh, Wednesday night at altitude up in Colorado. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Dominic Kinnear puts out there and, and what Jason Christ puts out there, frankly, because it'll, you know, he, he talked sort of, I don't want to say out of both sides of his mouth, but he sort of said, we got to do either change the lineups up or keep all the starters exactly the same. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to have to do one of those two things. Hey, hey, wait, wait, good, wait, good on the coach for keeping the other team guessing. Yeah. We're either going to do everything the same or we're going to completely change everything. Yeah. Plan for that. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's exactly. Brilliant. So I don't know what he's going to do. It'll be interesting to see. I think the key matchup for me is going to be uh, just keep Wando quiet. I think if you keep Wando quiet, you probably are going to have a good chance to be successful against San Jose. And then uh, – you know, he's he's a tough guy to keep quiet, but hopefully they'll be able to keep him off the score sheet. So uh, if he play if they play the four, three, three with Wando on the right side, that's going to be uh, Donnie Toya. Probably uh, if he gets the start again. And, and if it is Toya, he's probably going to feel pretty good considering the fact that the last few games he's played against blazing speed guys. And, and Wando is not that Wando is not going to beat Toya, uh, you know, by 10 yards in a foot race the way maybe Albert Elise did, you know, that kind of thing. But Donnie will be breathing easy for the first time in a couple matches. Be like, Oh, thank goodness. I don't have to run really fast this time. Yeah. So just get a lot of sleep on the plane. Well, of course they're already out there. They went on Monday after training, hopefully got a you know good night's rest, 
plenty of rest in those legs and uh you know they get a good warm-up and get a good lather going and, and hopefully go out and, and play hard I, I think that if they keep wando quiet they got a chance i'm going to go with a score line prediction uh it's very very difficult to win on the road in mls as everybody knows uh the earthquakes are undefeated at home 3-0 and 2 how come we are saying that every week Every, every time, we, every go the road, time we go on the road. Oh, Toronto, well, they're unbeaten at home. Uh, Houston, oh, they're unbeaten at home. San Jose, they're unbeaten at home. Everybody's unbeaten at home. It's that uh, scheduling thing again. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw because no team uh, in this series has been able to get the upper hand. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1, uh, and I think Kyle Aaron gets another goal. Um, and if it's not Kyle, then it's going to be some defender. I don't know which one, but one of them. Okay. <laughs> that's I like the bold yeah. prediction. I like yeah. it. Well, last week I, I predicted, I think, no Chirino. Yes, you did. And he, you know, he did make one really nice early run into the box and Christian Nagita totally ignored his run. And you were, you were, you were, you were watching <laughs> that going, come on, come on. I said, I, well, I said, did you see that run by no Chirino? Cause he came from like the midfield stripe into the box while Higita just stood on the near sideline, sort of uh, surveying his options. And he's just like, okay, if a 30-year-old dude busts his butt down the field, give him the ball. Right. You know, just reward the guy. But Christian said, nah, I'm going to be a little safe with the ball. And I think he backpassed because he usually does. But um, anyway, uh, I learned my lesson. No, no Torino. Um <laughs> You know, if he scores, great. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put him in the MPG box. Oh dang! It's like you're gonna score when you score, but I'm not ever gonna predict you to score. <laughs> um, if you do, great. I don't care if it goes in off your rear end. Something's gotta give at some point. You, you know, the, the law of averages says one of these guys is gonna score a goal. All right, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. We now have a new term. It's the Citro box. The it, butt goal. It's it's <laughs> it's the you're not gonna score unless it's off your butt goal. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, it's how many chances has MPG had since he's been in Orlando and it just won't go in the net. He's hitting the crossbar. He's hitting the post. He's having amazing saves made against him. He's missing just inches wide. It's getting blocked. It's getting cleared off the line. He's due. Uh, I know, but I just that's why I keep saying every time that happens, I just I just turn to somebody in the press box and say he's never scoring for Orlando City. (laughs) He's never, and it's just like builds, and it just becomes this. It's become this self-fulfilling joke. It's prophecy. Like, yeah, it's like people. Yeah. People will look at me now before I even say it. They'll look at me like when MPG gets these chances, and they'll look at me, and I just I don't even look back at them. I just can feel their eyes on me and go, "Yep, yeah, he's never scoring for Orlando City." Um, and people are like, "Dang, you're harsh." And I'm like, "I'm not being harsh. You're seeing the evidence, man." You know, if he didn't score on that one, when honestly will he score? Or yeah. it's all your fault. I, I think that it's just one of those things that it, the, it's not going to be the perfect play. It's going to be somebody banks one in off his face or something, you know, it's because he's had the opportunities on the perfect play and it hasn't worked out. The, so it's going to, it's going to be the, the law of averages say it's going to be something really ugly and weird. It's going to be the inadvertent Kyle Laren header. Yeah. Like that. Exactly. It's like the thing just, you know, Scott Sutter tries a cross from eight yards from you and just blasts it in off your face. <laughs> That kind of thing. It goes know. in the goal, and MPG is holding his <laughs> nose. That's yeah. bleeding, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. So anyway, I don't know. Um, like I said, I, I think it'll probably be Kyle Aaron if it's not Kyle, because I mean Kyle tends to get his goals in bunches, and he went three without one. 
So that's why I said him. All and right. if it's not him, if it's not him, it's going to be somebody completely random, and, and I'll give anybody on the back line an equally random amount of chance to score a goal. There you have it, podcast listeners. Uh, <laughs> two completely different predictions as far as yeah. the scoring goes. Me going with the steady ones, uh, and yeah. Michael going with the odd. Both the most and least likely options. Right there, just so so uh, bet on both and you'll come out even. Maybe the, maybe the wise course of action is just to Not, just to always predict two goals and always predict there'll be MPG and Antonio Notorino. And at some point, at some point, they'll have it. The, the laws of averages will, will finally balance the scales and I'll be right. Um, I don't think we're anyway. Are we going to? Are, are, wait, are, one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to die, or they're not going to be on the team anymore. Well, you know, anything's possible in an infinite world. You know, in a world of universe of infinite possibilities. So uh, that's where we live. That's true. So before we wrap up uh, episode eighty-six, Dave, we got another game on Sunday. Yes, we do. Orlando City is going to try to do something they've never done before, uh, and that is sweep a series from an opponent, New York City FC coming into town for the third and final regular season matchup between the two teams. Orlando City beat them on opening day 1-0, went up to Yankee Stadium, beat them 2-1. And uh, what's going to happen? What's your key matchup for round three and what's your scoreline prediction? We are back home for that game. and yeah, That'll be the third uh, in nine days, by the way. Yes, and so <clears throat> third in nine days, but we're at home. And... Right now, we don't lose at home. So I'm going to say we don't lose at home again. Not only that, we do take out the broom. We do sweep. I'm going to do a second two-to-one two, over, two to one, uh, victory. So both games, two-to-one victories. We get them back-to-back. Um, and the reason why is, for whatever reason, I think this year we've got their number. Um, it, you know, it might be different if we were going up there and having to play on that tiny, tiny, tiny little postage stamp of a field. Uh, <laughs> but we don't, we're in the best stadium in MLS. And so I think we come out of there with the win. I think it'll be, um, the, the, despite having to travel across the country and come back, I think that the fans will provide the energy that the team needs. Um, the key matchup is going to be this time. It's going to be the defense against, uh, New York city's offense, in particular, uh, David Villa. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that he's not going to get a goal. I think he will, but that will be the one goal. I think we'll get, we will get two. Um, and you know what? I'm going to do the same thing I did the last time we did this. And I was right. I say Laren gets a brace Villa gets one and Orlando city walks away with a win. Okay, that was that was very specific. That was very specific. I liked it. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Orlando City coming back from the West Coast in midweek. That has been an issue in years past. Uh, going out to the West and then coming back to play here has been problematic. I don't know if that will continue because that was a different regime. Uh, but we'll, it will be very interesting. I do know that when they went out and lost to, to the Galaxy, they, they then lost their next two games. They gave up four goals in each of those games. So uh, it was tough. Now, New York City uh, is, is going out west as well. They're playing Real Salt Lake uh, in the midweek, and then they're coming to Orlando. So both teams are kind of in the same boat. I don't think that a trip to San Jose and a trip to Real Salt Lake are – notably different in terms of the the travel having been to uh, both of those places i can confirm it's not 
Real Salt Lake is a game at altitude, but it's a team that's really struggling and has a lot of injuries. So that's an opportunity for New York to rest some good players, some of their better players. Um, I don't know if they will do that or how they'll do it or how, you know, how they'll sort of rotate the squad, but certainly you'd have to think they'll put more emphasis on this game against Orlando City than against Real Salt Lake. Um, you know, Patrick Vieira is going to really want this one. So I wouldn't even be surprised if, if Villa and Harrison both sat at Real Salt Lake and then they, you know, tried to try to eke out a, a, a result there before they come back. Now, um, they went and got a, a draw at FC Dallas. So that was a heck of a heck of a result for them. I would say they're playing very good soccer right now. They beat Atlanta three, one before that they came from behind to, uh, uh, or no, they, they beat the crew three, two before that. Uh, so they haven't lost a game since Orlando city beat them. Um, right. They're due. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very difficult, uh, for Orlando city and New York city in that game. But I do think, uh, New York's got a good enough quality to avoid the sweep and get a 2-2 draw at Orlando City Stadium. So, um, goal-wise, yeah, Kyle Lahren likes to score against New York teams. Uh, I've heard tell. He, he's, been, <laughs> he's, been known, he's been known to score against those New York teams. So I'll, I'll give Two him times. one of them. I'll give him one, and I'm going to give Ricky one. That was a really solid, solid, normal goal pick there, Michael. Yeah, I know. I it's, I kind of just go with the gut. I I think, you just learn from what you said. You're like, I'm I'm not doing the. <laughs> you're, you're like, so I'm gonna go with a solid one now. Okay, I respect that. So All the right. usual teams get the usual goal. You know, the usual goal scorers. The oddball teams like San Jose. You never know what's gonna happen. Okay, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, right. you just never know. Do you have any predictions for who's getting the uh, New York schools? I'll probably Via gets both of them because that guy just keeps scoring. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I just, what can you do? The guy's freaking good. I mean, it's, he is good. You, you have to take your hat off to the guy. I mean, he's, he's a guy who could still probably be playing for a top team in the European league right now. I mean, it's, you know, he, he had some injury issues and, and he decided to come over here and, and kind of start over. But I think for sure he could play for, I mean, if Fernando Torres could play for Atletico, I think David Villa could play for Atletico. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, and and it wasn't a hesitation when I gave him the the one goal that they're scoring. I gave it to him. I mean, it was a it was kind of a no brainer. Um, I, I guess the only difference between your prediction and my prediction is I'm giving Joe Bendick one more save than you are. Yeah. Well, what you gotta like about Via as a just as a soccer fan is that he's not one of these prima donna strikers who no. you know once the ball gets cleared he just kind of wanders back you know until he's on side you know. No. He, he will go after the ball and fight for it in his own end. Um, you know, he'll he'll drop deeper and, and get on the ball, and he's he's active, and he can take guys on. He's not one of these, you know, strikers who just has to have the ball played to him. Like, you know, he will he will go out there in space, and he's not afraid to take you on, and he will more often than not beat you. So, yeah, uh, he's he's certainly a handful for anybody. But I, and I think that, you know, Tommy Redding with his movement was, was a good player to have on him or have on the field against him. And of course, Tommy's with the U twenties, uh, for the FIFA world cup, FIFA U 20 world cup, uh, in South Korea. So we won't have him. And, uh, and that might make the difference in between a, a win and a draw, but it would be really nice to get the brooms out. 
it would be ex- exceptional to get the brooms out because <laughs> of even though they, as we've uh, talked earlier, they don't necessarily think of us as a rival. We do think of them as a rival. So mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to, to sweep the three to three, that would be fantastic. So um, uh, with I guess what we're saying is we hope that I'm right. Michael's wrong this time. Yeah. Um, you know, which any time that I predict a win and he doesn't, we always we always say that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and obviously we mean that. Uh, now we're also realistic. Um, you know, we're coming at this from a, uh, a somewhat empirical point of view. I mean, okay, I might be a little bit homer with the two one. You know, given two one two one, but uh, yeah, you heard my reasons earlier. Well, I'm not necessarily a great predictor of final scores. That's that's just been proven time after time so uh, I, ha- I will be happy to be surprised in in a in a very pleasant way um you know i i obviously i did not think that houston was capable of beating orlando city 4-0 we, <laughs> you know, we, was... we were both <laughs> monumentally wrong on that yeah one. I, I thought orlando city had a good enough defense to to, to kind of hold them under wraps but i didn't count on specter not playing and that definitely affected the game somewhat yeah so anyway, uh, there you have it. There's our key matchups and our predictions. Come back and ridicule us later uh, after uh, you find out what actually happens. Uh, we're, we're, we're okay with it. We're surprisingly um, comfortable in our own skin. Well, not only that, but uh, <laughs> frankly, we'll probably ridicule ourselves later if we're wrong that badly, um, as you just heard via Houston. Um, but, you know, there was a little segment there where uh, we had a little run going or, you know, where we had a couple that were, were right on. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, where I was, like, getting right on the goal scorers and you were right on the score or vice versa. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah we had a little us, bit of run we had there. A, yeah, we had a little <laughs> run there and it was good. So, you know, maybe we get back on it this week. Yeah, we need to get on a roll. Uh, all right, Dave, that's going to do it for episode number 86 of the Mainland Podcast. It was a fun one. I think a, a very. Uh, I think we all learned something today. Who knows? Uh, maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't learn a damn thing. We just yep. wasted an hour of our day. Hey, we uh, all <laughs> learned that Chi is awesome. Yeah, Chi is awesome. And we do thank Chi Abogagu, as I uh, once again have to pronounce her name, um, for, for being with us and being great sport and uh, coming on the Mainland Podcast. And we wish... Uh, the Pride and Orlando City, all the luck in the world this week. And OCB, um, just stay healthy because you're just training. You know, you don't you don't even have a game. Yeah. That's that's you know, take it easy. Go to the beach. <laughs> have a beer. Have not too many. We don't want to get out of. Out I of, said uh, a beer. We don't. Yeah. Let's not get out of our fitness uh, regime. Uh, but that'll do it. That'll do it for episode 86. Uh, we will see you next week. We'll come back and we'll have two games to break down next week. Uh, and then we'll look ahead, I believe, at two more games for next week. Uh, it's Yeah, it's going to be a crazy, crazy podcast with uh, with two uh, games behind and two games ahead. That's I don't we haven't done that. I don't so, know that we I don't know if we've ever done that, Dave. I don't know if we've ever had a podcast, even predating your your becoming co-host, where we've talked about two past games and two ahead games when we've done it. When we've done it weekly, because there have been some times when, um, you know, we've when there's been like it's just been too busy and we haven't been able to do one. Uh, but there have been, as far as I know, when we're doing them regularly weekly, there hasn't been a time when there's been two ahead and two behind uh, in the same podcast. As far as I know, I can go back and check that. But... So what Michael is saying here, listeners, is um, he and I have a lot of work to do. But most importantly, you guys have to 
prepare yourself to listen to us for a little bit longer and we <laughs> and we apologize for that but just take your Wheaties that morning, suck it up, and we'll listen, all get through it together. Listen, during, if you had a long commute, you know, then you're stuck in a traffic anyway, so you may as well just listen. If you're on I-4, <laughs> you can probably listen to a couple of podcasts, so, you know. Yeah, you know, you could listen to us, and then after we're done, you're still halfway to work, and then you can hit the Spotify or whatever. You're <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we're always happy to give you options on how to pass the time in traffic. Um, here, that's one of the things that we're, we're very good at here at the Mainland Podcast. I think, um, it, you know, I would like to personally see all of you... Uh, giving us your honest star ratings at uh, iTunes and, and you know maybe a review if you are so inclined to let people know what you think of what we do here and that way we can uh, you know move up the list and, and get in front of more people that might enjoy the podcast and uh, also please uh, read our stuff at themainland.com we'll have full coverage of San Jose uh, or Orlando City at San Jose full coverage of Orlando Pride at Seattle Rain and full coverage of Orlando City hosting New York City FC. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be busy from a writing standpoint, too, for, for the, the staff. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can like us on uh, Facebook and you can uh, catch us on the Twitters at, at The Mainland. And uh, please, if you have any questions for us and you want us to read them on the air and answer them, uh, you can write us at themainland at gmail.com. We would love to answer your questions. They can be about anything. Don't have to be about soccer. It could be about love or life or where to get, uh, you know, where to get a good uh, bratwurst or something. I don't know. Uh, whatever, whatever you happen to have as a burning question, we'll do our best to answer it. We, we can't promise Look. to give you the right answer, but we will promise to give you an answer. And answer at least, yes. whether it's expert or not. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we can't claim to be an expert on all things, but we are. Um, we have a little bit of knowledge, and as you know, a little bit of knowledge can be a very dangerous thing. And we're very, very dangerous. We can definitely wield that danger, <laughs> you know, in the in a way that sees fit. But yeah, we're we've got Dave. We got so much going on. We got San Jose. We got New York City FC. And then uh, I believe it's uh, at um, Minnesota. Minnesota. That, and then we've got uh, DC United. Actually, you know, we won't have two ahead this coming week. We'll, we'll just be we'll be previewing Minnesota. We'll be talking about New York City and uh, San Jose. Um, but when it drops, we'll be previewing two games. Yes. DC United, of course, uh, um, and uh, Chicago. Following. Yes. So, it, you know, it's just busy. It's just wow. busy. And, you know, OCB will be back then, too. And, and I think that at some point in that stretch, they have two games in a week. Um, oh, good. If I'm not mistaken. I, I might be wrong. They might have a weekend and a midweek and then a weekend off. I, I'm trying to go by memory here, and it's just not, it's not quite clicking. But I know that there's three games on the 27th. I know there's Orlando City at Minnesota. Uh, the Pride are at Sky Blue, and the Young Lions of OCB are hosting the Charlotte Independents, and if I'm not mistaken, our very own Austin David from the mainland will be calling that game. Nice. So yeah, that's that's what I, that's what the the birdies are telling me. So uh, if the birdies are not lying, then then you know it'll. Now Austin's done it before, and he does a good job. So you want to uh, you want to check that out. But of course, that game's at 7:30. Orlando City's at eight. And the Pride are at seven. You're going to need a lot of devices that night. Yeah, right. <laughs> so have your phone, have your tablet, have your computer, have your TV. 
Yeah, you need you need all of it, everything, and follow Twitter, and and then and then borrow somebody else's to yeah also <laughs> grab onto YouTube or Facebook. And, or listen, yeah, and so you can listen to the the lions also on the radio that night too. Because why not? Yeah, sure. Just plug everything into your brain and just download it all at once. We're going Matrix is what why we're saying. Why can't we it's... do that yet, Dave? That's that should be a thing that we can do. Um, we can. We are already in the Matrix, didn't you know that? All right. Well, you know what? We've babbled long enough for episode number 86. So on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. I'm signing off the way I always do by saying, Go City! <laughs>